0: Welcome to the Flood Church Sermon Podcast, where we bring you sermons from our teaching team at Flood Church Lilongwe, Malawi. For more information, you can go to floodchurch.com. Nehemiah chapter 5. Now, the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, We are, and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards, although we are the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs. Yet, we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are extracting Usury from your own countrymen, exacting, oh, that's a different, exacting usury, not extracting. So (laughs) I called together a large meeting to deal with them, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could not find anything to say. So, I continued, What you are doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God and avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain, but let the exacting of usury stop. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses. And also the usury that you are charging them, the hundredth part of the money, grain, new wine, and oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, in this way, may God shake out his house and possessions Every man who does not keep the promise, so may such a man be shaken out and emptied. At this, the whole assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until the 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor, but... The earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to the food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on the wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, A hundred and fifty Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me, and every ten days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor, because the demands were heavy on these people." Remember me with favor, O my God, for I have done, uh, for all I have done for these people. All right, you can sit. Wow. As I was researching, you know, uh, just this passage and uh, some of the topics that are brought up here, I uh, just became consumed with fascination. You know, specifically over just this topic of uh, loaning money to those who are in need and, and ex- exacting exacting usury from them. Um, and so just in some of my research, I found out some some really fascinating things. I just wanted to share some of those this morning. Um, there's only one topic that Jesus in his parables, he, he talks about more than the topic of money. And the number one topic is the kingdom of heaven. But the second topic that's addressed, you know, most often is uh the, this issue this topic of money and so it's you know something big that jesus spends a lot of time speaking about and uh, yeah just as a side note how cool would it be just to go through and study his parables, study the way that jesus views money the way that he talks about money and sees money and see if it lines up with the way that we do but that's something you could do you know privately if you'd like um but, uh, like I said, I, I want to kind of focus on uh, this topic, you know, have it be a little bit more of a topical sermon, the topic of, of loaning money. And so, let me just start by, you know, anyone who has ever loaned uh, someone money, throw your hand up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, of those people who have loaned someone money, did those people pay back the money? Did, they, did you get a payment back? Raise your hand if you did get the payment back. <laughs> somewhat they're still paying <laughs> raise your hand if you never got the money back and you think it's gone forever <laughs> raise your hand if you have taken a loan from someone <laughs> keep your hand up if you have yet to repay that loan <laughs> and there's that person in the church <laughs> Growing up, uh, my dad, I, I observed him giving, you know, loaning a lot of friends money. And it was probably, you know, half the time, maybe even more than that, where, you know, conversations would happen uh, with my mom in the house, and I would hear them, you know, talking about, uh, you know, like my mom would usually kind of put pressure on my dad, like, come on, like, tell that guy, you know, or tell that person we need, we need money back. Like, it was even to the point sometimes where we were, we were struggling a bit. You know, but my dad, um, his spiritual gift is generosity, and giving. You know, and so it was really hard, you know, for him to see other people in need. I love my dad, <laughs> um, so he would sacrifice. You know, and uh, we would we would sometimes suffer a little bit uh, so that he would be able to help other people. And uh, yeah, more than more than half the time, uh, even to this day, you know, people never paid paid him back, and so. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, this topic is a bit close to my heart, and I was really curious to, um, to just better understand, you know, what God's view of of loaning is. Um, so, let me just jump into a tiny bit of history, just also some fascinating things that I learned, um, you know, just in a little bit of the research that I did. Um, I've heard, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but I've heard that um, Jews are are known to be very good with money, actually. Um, And one of the reasons that I I learned was that um, during the medieval times, so that's actually like the Middle Ages are anywhere from 500 A.D. all the way up to 1,500 A.D. So it's a thousand year period of time. Um, Christian theology held that charging interest on loans was just sinful. uh, And so they never did. Um, And by the 18th century, Jews kind of stepped into this position of becoming bankers and lenders. uh, And by the 18th century, it, I, I, it, it said that three-fourths, three-quarters of the Jews in Central and Western Europe were involved in the finance industry. And so it just left this, you know, gaping hole where people uh, were seeking out loans and Jews thought, okay, let's, let's step into this role and fill this role. And they made a lot of money, charging interest. Um, and... Um, you know, I mean, so for as long as history, as long as time, you know, people have been asking to borrow things, borrow money from people. Uh, even just a couple weeks ago, someone came to the office of our, our ministry, and uh, it was a loan agency, and they said, hey, can we, you know, maybe over lunch, can we speak to all of your staff and, you know, see if they would like loans, and <laughs> so they got really excited, you know. <laughs> and I, I actually sat down with them in our staff meeting, and I just said, hey, you guys want to be very careful. Like, you guys are obviously free to do whatever it is that you want to do. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but just be careful. Like, make sure that you really read exactly what the, the repayment terms are, what the percentages for interest are, because you can get stuck, you know, and just paying sometimes double what you even borrowed to begin with over time or even more than that. Um, years and years you can be, you know, in debt. And uh, I get these emails from this organization called... Um, I just went blank, Uh, International Justice Mission, you know, and they, a lot of them are these stories from India where these, uh, these loan sharks, they, they go to kind of, you know, innocent people in desperate situations and some of them uh, are uneducated, they don't even know how to read and so they make them sign these contracts that have these outrageous uh, interest rates and if they can't pay then, you know, they demand for them to, part of their repayment is that they actually become enslaved and they have to work for years and years and the people from the beginning didn't even know what they signed and all of a sudden it's like no this contract says that you have to do this and they become slaves sometimes for the rest of their lives just trying to repay back you know this tiny amount of money maybe that they borrowed because their daughter was sick and they just needed to get some medicine to survive you know and now they're slaves forever and so yeah also you know just about two weeks ago um, one of our staff members didn't show up to work for five days and we couldn't track him down uh, anywhere. And uh, finally, we, we found out that he, was, he had owed someone money and they were threatening to take him to the police and he was scared that he was going to get arrested. And so he, uh, he fled, you know, to like his home village. And so definitely this is, you know, I think just an important issue. And I think it can speak to um, a lot of us in different situations. All right. So let me just jump into a couple Bible verses uh, in the Old Testament just to give us a little framework, you know, with this topic. So, in Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 7, it says, The one who borrows is a slave to the one who lends. So, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Exodus chapter 22, verses 25 through 27. So, this passage, there were three that were very, very similar to this one. Uh, One was in Leviticus, one was in Deuteronomy. Uh, I just picked, you know, this as kind of an example. So just know that this is kind of repeated a number of times. Uh, It's really important. It says, if you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not be like the moneylenders. Charge him no interest. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, return it to him by sunset because his cloak is the only covering that he has for his body. What else will he sleep in? When he cries out to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. Wow. Wow. So definitely, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 5, this is what we're seeing happen. You know, there seems to kind of be this stipulation uh, in these these three verses that I found about um, specifically lending to those who are in need, those who are poor. Uh, And so, again, what we see in verses 1 through 5 In Nehemiah uh, chapter 5 is this group of people raising a great outcry during this time of famine where they're concerned that they won't even be able to survive, um, uh, you know, and get grain to eat. So they're mortgaging their fields, they're mortgaging their vineyards, their homes, they're borrowing money, even to the point of sending their own daughters into slavery. And so, again, this is definitely, you know, the issue that we're seeing here. And rightfully so, the response that we see from Nehemiah when he finds out what's happening is anger. We see in verse 6 and we see in verse 7 that it says he was very angry. And he yelled at them, You guys are exacting usury from your own countrymen. And it says that he called this large meeting together to deal with them. I love the way that, that says that. Oh, I'll deal with them, <laughs> And so, um, you know, Nehemiah is standing on these commands uh, from their ancestors that are commanding them when they loan money to their fellow countrymen, not to exact usury, not to charge interest on their loans. And uh, of course, we see the response, you know, from these nobles. Um, thankfully, it is Humility. And it just says that they're speechless. They have nothing to say. They know, oh, yeah, what we've been doing is totally wrong. And it totally goes against uh, what we've been taught not to do, you know. Uh, And so it just straight says in, you know, verse 8 and then um, verse 12 that it just says, we will give all of it back. We will not demand anything more from them. Man. And so whatever it is that they benefited, they just freely gave it back to those that they had had these contracts with, possibly, these agreements. They just said, okay, we're going to ignore all those uh, those, you know, those, things that we discuss." and here you go. I'm sorry. Sorry that I did this to you. Woo! Deuteronomy chapter 15, uh, the second part of verse 7 and verse 8. Yeah, uh, we see, you know, Scripture saying, Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your poor brother. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend whatever he needs. And Psalm 37, verse 26, the righteous are always generous. Woo! (laughs) And they lend freely. Their children will be blessed. And uh, so again, in verse 10, in Nehemiah chapter 5, you know, we see we see Nehemiah saying, I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain, but let the exacting of usury stop. And so Nehemiah is also saying, I've been helping as well. You know, and my, and my brothers and my men, we've also been helping. But this, this interest thing in this scenario, in this case of helping our poor brothers is not right. It's not okay. So uh, let's just take a minute and talk about You know, what exactly does interest uh, have to do with justice? Uh, Because, you know, in some of these situations, it's seen like we are encouraged or commanded even not to uh, charge interest. But definitely, there are banks out there. You can go sign up for a loan. Uh, You know, this brings up a lot of questions, which we won't address all today. Uh, Obviously, we don't have, uh, you know, a lot of time to cover Every scenario that can come up, but I definitely encourage you just to spend some time with the Lord and just pray to Him and just ask Him, uh, you know, God, would you please convict my heart? Uh, Would you please lead me and show me, you know, yeah, if there's been any situations like this um, where I've taken advantage of people in their desperate situation, um, and, and even, yeah, is it okay for me to get a loan from the bank? Like, uh, just ask the Lord. I promise you, He'll speak to you. I promise you that He'll lead you. And I'm not—I'm definitely not going to stand up here and say that one thing is always right, and you should never do this other thing, or what, you know. And so, uh, definitely, just allow this to kind of—if you have questions about this—allow this to be, you know, the beginning of uh, maybe a journey of searching, searching these matters out through Scripture uh, with the leading of God. So, what does interest have to do with justice? I think that it you know, as we're looking at these Bible verses, I think that it can reveal this deeper heart issue that God wants to rid from inside of us. And so definitely, you know, when we are seeking out someone's desperate situation, like it seems like the nobles are, and they see it as an opportunity to advance themselves, it's almost like they get joy, you know? It's like, oh, great, another opportunity for me to make myself wealthier. And I don't have to do any work. I can just use my money, uh, to give to someone, and then I'm just going to make money from that. And I'm excited when I find someone that's in a really desperate situation. And so we, in, deep in our hearts, we can find ourselves celebrating the desperation and the agony of someone else. Woo! <laughs> and so definitely, you know, a big part of what's happening here is God is just wanting to uproot this disgusting thing that's inside of some of our hearts, where we actually get joy from seeing people's agony. Because that's unjust, and that's exploiting someone in their situation of desperation. And God desires for us to view someone in desperation and say, you know, what is it that I can do to help them? Not In what, 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 in what way can I use this situation to benefit myself? In what way can I actually sacrifice myself to serve them and help them? And so definitely I think this is, you know, a big part of what's happening here. And if I can get a, a little personal just for a second (laughs) I think that this also goes beyond just money you know I think that this is a deeper heart issue that can even be applied to different areas of our heart and uh, one of those could be you know uh, kind of the social realm Um, and uh, just the way that we you know view like within our emotions the way that we can view other people and one thing that I always find strange whenever I'm at Chapiku and I'm checking out in line you know (laughs) there is just like a, a magazine rack and it just has the highlights of all the worst things that are happening in some of like, the most famous people in the world. You know? Like, this person got cheated on, and this person's going through a divorce now. You know, This person went bankrupt, and they're now addicted to drugs. You know, <laughs> like, like, Why is it that magazines know, ooh, if I put this on the headline, people are going to buy this, and I'm going to get money? Because people are really fascinated, and they really want to know what kind of misery other people are going through. Like, why is it that we hunger to just see other people's misery sometimes? Like, what kind of thing do we benefit? Do we maybe think, like, oh, I feel better about my life because my life's not as bad as their life. You know, (laughs) like, in what way might we be rejoicing in someone's agony and benefiting ourselves from someone's agony, emotionally, financially, whatever way it might be? Uh, This is what I believe, you know, this can really speak to us. Woo! getting hot. (laughs) One of my favorite movies is uh, the movie Braveheart. Yeah? No? Yeah? Braveheart? Yeah? (laughs) So there's a scene in Braveheart, and uh, you know, William Wallace, he's standing in there with a couple of his his homeboys, and uh, there's this big meeting happening, and they're fighting with each other. You know, they're yelling, and, and they're trying to figure out, okay, how can we take advantage of this situation? How can we maybe partner with England who is in enslaving our people? And and maybe, you know, it's a it's a big group of these nobles, uh, these people that are trying to figure out how they can benefit uh, from the tragedy that's happening to their own countrymen. Woo! And William Wallace gets upset and he's just like, ah! And he starts leaving and someone stops him. You know, he's primarily talking to Robert the Bruce and in part of this. And it's like, oh, where are you going? He's like, I'm just going to invade England. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm just going to take them out. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And so, you know, he gets upset and he says, you guys, you're so concerned with squabbling from the scraps from King Longshank's table that you've missed your God-given right to something better. There's a difference between you and me. You think that the people of this country exists to provide you with position but I think that your position exists to provide those people with freedom (laughs) Mm. so again William you know William Wallace is speaking to this point you know that there's a better way. You've missed your God-given right to something better. God is offering us a way better way of living. Where we're not just hoping that someone is in a defer- desperate situation and that we can benefit from that. But we're just looking for opportunities rather to serve those. Woo! And, and to use whatever position it is that God has blessed us with. In that position of leadership to serve those. In the same way Jesus did. You know, I love John 13. Verse 1, it talks about, you know, God now showed his disciples the full extent of his love, and he washed their feet. (laughs) Like, the greatest among you will be the least and the servant of everyone. So, uh, let's take a look at one verse in the New Testament. Because we see Jesus uh, taking this issue of loans uh, even a step further in the New Testament than it was taken in the Old Testament. And so we see in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 34 and 35. You guys ready? If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Woo! It stings. (laughs) Man. But love your enemies and do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Not even just your buddy who's going through a tough time. It's like, yeah, your enemies, the people that you can't stand, the people that have hurt you and let you down and betrayed you and abandoned you. Just just really give to them. Don't even expect anything in return. Hmm. Jesus. <laughs> so definitely I love you know the just the subtitle of this sermon series, you know, Lives Built by God for God. Because I don't believe, you know, that this is something that we can just do <laughs> on our own. You know, it's not something that we're just like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> Uh, It's something that we desperately need Jesus um, to do through us, you know, and inside of us. We just say, man, this is the last thing that I want to do right now, Jesus. And there's no way that I'll be able to do this without you. Like changing my heart. And so I'm desperate. Please, please change my heart so that I can do this with joy, so that I can freely give. And we see this beautiful story. In the New Testament, you guys know of Zacchaeus, of course. You know, the, little, the wee little man, I think they call him. And he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And, um, you know, Jesus uh, says that he wants to go to his house to, to eat lunch with him. And he's a tax collector. And um, just at the end of this lunch, at the end of this, you know, maybe hour, hour and a half, two hours, um, we see that Zacchaeus' response to meeting Jesus and talking with Jesus is that he says, right now, today, in this moment, I'm going to give half of all of my wealth away. And it says, Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man. He says, I'm giving half of my wealth away because I'm going to repay back to everyone that I've exploited. In their desperation, in their time of need, I'm going to pay them back. Not just what I've taken from them, I'm going to pay them back four times what it is that I've taken from them. Dang. Dang. So yeah, I believe that this is something that we can only do when we encounter Jesus. He just so radically changes our heart. He so radically changes our perspective. It's like, Yeah, man, I was so silly. <laughs> we, you know, like these nobles, they're just so silent. It's like, yeah, man. It's so beautiful, you know, just in the New Testament, the way that uh, a life of following Jesus is framed. You know, one example is Paul, uh, just as a side note. You know, I love the way that he talks about how uh, we can take off our old way of doing things. We can take off our malice and our slander and our envy of people. You know, and it's just like in the same way, at the end of the day, you've been wearing these dirty clothes all day and they stink, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to take these dirty clothes off. I'm going to put them in the laundry. I'm not going to wear those tomorrow. Like they're stinky and smelly and they have dirt on them. It's like, and he says, put on something better. Now put on something clean. Jesus is offering you a way better way of living. Something that smells so much better. It's not dirty. (laughs) No, don't put that stuff on again. Don't keep wearing that. And so much of the time we complicate, you know, this this issue of what a whoa. (laughs) We complicate this issue of walking on stage by tripping over speakers. we just complicate you know what we think following Jesus is and you're just like no don't complicate it it's, it's a lot less complicated than you think it might be uh, it makes sense it's a better way of living and so you know just in closing uh, I would love to just end with this point that you know, maybe, maybe the most important reason why we should avoid demanding interest and maybe even demanding repayment from someone that we've loaned something to is because Once we were in a place of utter hopelessness and utter need, right? And Jesus looked at our hopeless condition when we had nothing to offer. We had nothing to give him. We were completely desperate. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to give them something. I'm going to give them my life. And instead of being like, wow, thank you so much for that, we're like, no, we're going to kill you instead. When you try to help us in our desperate situation, we killed him. But yet, what he decided to do was uh, to continue to give to us. And he gave us forgiveness. And there's this beautiful verse that says, freely you've been given, so freely give. And so may we find ourselves, you know, giving as we have freely been given. May we find ourselves forgiving as we have freely been forgiven so that we can know. I get to declare and shine the light of God's grace, some of the most beautiful and powerful attributes of God, God's forgiveness. I, got to sh- I get to show the world what it is that I've received from him by freely giving, freely lending, without expecting anything in return. Hmm. It's fantastic because this is what Jesus did when he paid the price of his own life to purchase our freedom from our enslavement to sin and we get to serve him and give him our lives forever because of what he has done to come alive inside of us and give us the power to love in a way that we never could have loved. Thanks for listening to the Flood Church Sermon Podcast. Please send us your feedback by commenting below or by emailing Lilongwe at gmail.com.